eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into a special edition of the Inside Carolina podcast slash YouTube videos slash however you receive your content over at Inside Carolina. I'm Tommy Ashley. This is Jason Staples. We are sponsored by Johnny T-Shirt, johnnytshirt.com. Special shows, special series of shows we've got going on here. Uh, every year, Jason, and if you're a Tar Pit Premium Message Board member, and if you're not, you should be, Jason does in-depth scouting reports on multiple players in excess of 50 players each year for the current North Carolina football roster, and this year is no different. 2023 started off with the safeties, so we're going to get right into it with Inside Carolina's expert football analyst. I'm sort of Inside- a – I guess you could say I'm sort of a – professional twice over uh, an analyst and a therapist if you will for you know inside carolina folks indeed for me if if you're watching this and it seems nice and smooth it was not smooth getting here this might be the second or third or fourth take of this same podcast jason let's get straight into it uh first up on your list and we're going to talk about the group as a whole i want to do that towards the end but let's sort of go by player by player and the first guy you started with was Antavis Lane from Georgia State a guy that hasn't been on campus until recently for North Carolina but certainly provided you plenty of footage um, both against the Tar Heels last year and over the course of his career down in Georgia what did you see from the young man who brings um, I think a little bit of an edge to the position for North Carolina this year yeah I think that's well put he he's a guy that is he, he plays with a chip on his shoulder, and that's something that uh, Carolina defensively could use a few more guys that play with chips on their shoulders, uh, and he does bring that. He's a guy that, uh, that also was above average last year as, as an overall tackler, uh, also something from the safety position that is, is a valuable thing. To me, the interesting question is where he's kind of going to – where he's going to line up for this for – this, defense being a summer arrival uh, uh, arrival rather than a pre-spring arrival we've got a little bit less indication of kind of how he's going to be used where he fits in the overall depth chart and all of that 
and look, I mean, he's a three-time all-conference player, uh, again, in the Sun Belt, but Sun Belt teams, you know, Carolina earned, uh, learned some respect for Sun Belt teams last year, uh, playing against against him in in uh, in one of them, in one of those games. And I think one of the things that he brings to the table is some, and that makes it difficult to kind of assess is that he's got some position flexibility. I think he can play the, the, uh, the deeper safety position and be a good coverage option there. And a guy that can come up and fill against the run. I also think, and, and this is where I think he most likely projects right away is I think he's a guy that will challenge DeAndre Boykins for snaps at the, at the star position at, at essentially what the nickel, the nickel kind of position that they've got there where they they're sort of a base four two five. but Boykins is uh, and we'll talk a little bit more about him. He's been more of a sort of an undersized big nickel if that, you know, sort of like jumbo shrimp, but uh, <laughs> he's a guy that, 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 brings certain tool set a certain tool set to the table for that and i think lane is a guy that would bring a different tool set to that same spot and you know he's about five nine 180 pounds so he's not a big guy not a guy that you expect to be a thumper coming up from the safety position but if you line him up in that slot position and, and feel like he can cover at that at that position he may he may give you a little bit of a different option there against certain looks against certain teams what I think he does is he raises the floor of the room with a guy that that at Georgia State was consistently where he needed to be, consistently got guys or pretty consistently got guys on the ground and can cover multiple types of players from that inside area. So and a guy with good range, I think he's a, you know, low to mid four five type guy based on what I see on film. So a guy that that brings a lot to the table in terms of raising the floor to make sure that you don't get bad performance from any of those spots because he'll come in and take that job. Yeah, and, and Matt Brown has always talked about um, they didn't bring in portal guys not to start. Well, Lane's – and that changed a little bit when, when the room there got filtered out so much last offseason. So Lane brings, like you mentioned, depth with the ability to start and he pushes other guys to be better. Um, you know, we'll talk about a guy later on down the line on the offensive line that if the guys that are there are not performing, he's going to start over them. And Lane could be one of those guys in this room. Next up, uh, and, and folks, if you're wondering about the, the charting and, and the ranking and, and the numbers Jason puts on these guys, go look at the initial article. It's on the tar pit. It's with every scouting report the scales and all that. It's a fascinating breakdown. And we're not talking about, can this guy cover yes or no? We're talking about in-depth uh, discussion of all of his attributes and all of his abilities and what he needs to work on. And, and before we get off of Lane and I move on to the next guy, Jason, what's the number one thing you think that he needs to improve? I see a reference to some missed tackles. He does tackle well but he still misses too many and that's plagued North Carolina in the secondary before. Yeah. I think the biggest thing for him is he needs to, especially moving up to the power five level, he needs to be realistic about who he can take on high. Uh, there, there are a number of, t a number of cases in the tape where he's coming in and he's coming in like a missile. He, he does, he likes contact, but is, is not always getting that guy on the ground. He's got to make sure that he's, he's coming in, under control and takes 
takes out guys' legs, gets gets guys wrapped a little bit more consistently. And and again, he, he's a pretty good tackler, but he missed some that I think were partly a factor of he's 180 pounds and you know come sometimes coming up and trying to lay the lumber on a guy that's 215 pounds is probably not the best option. Yeah, you know, when you realize that you're not the biggest guy in the room anymore, um, that that sort of comes at you fast, as it will in the secondary. Second up, Will Hardy. I think Hardy has probably worked himself into being one of the fan favorites for North Carolina. We saw him get plenty of action last year. I think the first action I really remember was that App State game. Um, where that was rough on everybody um, on the back end. But talk a little bit about Hardy, what you've seen. You've sort of ranked him two different ways, um, current and then future expectations. Tell us a little bit about Mr. Hardy. Yeah, that's something that in terms of the way that I did things this year, the, it's always hard to to get numbers to put on guys when you're talking about scouting reports uh, that are going to be accessible to to more of a fan base. Uh, because you want to put a number on a guy to kind of situate him where he is now versus where he might be. Uh, and so, you know, sort of like the the current floor and then where's the ceiling. And what I did is I tried to, to look at current floor versus potential ceiling for this year. So not much, not so much for next year or, you know, three years from now, but where might this guy get this year? And, and, and that's basically what, what I'm doing with, with the, the bulk of these players. Uh, but Hardy is is a guy that, you know, he's a smart player, I, I think is is one of the things that came off. He, he he was able to step in and play. I mean, the App State game is what, your second game of the year? Mm-hmm. As a true freshman, that means you're a smart player. You're, you've earned the, res- the respect and the trust of your coaches to get on the field that early. So that's the first thing is that you're looking at a guy that at the safety position, smarts matter a lot. I mean, that's... Geo Biggers is a guy that is a smart player, and that's why he has managed to uh, to, to hold on to that that starting role in uh, for for as long as he has, and and has been a good player there. Because you've got to be a smart player, you've got to take good angles, you've got to be in the right spots. And generally speaking, Hardy showed some uh, some indications of being able to do that and being able to work into that kind of role as a reliable back end player last year. So that's number one. And the other thing is he is a big framed, you know, pretty long guy. I mean, he's, he's six, two, I think he's a little long for six, two, you know, he's got long arms and they're listing him at two twenty. I don't believe that for a second. Uh, He was, he was, I think listed at 200 last year. I think that I think two twenty is very aspirational right now. So I've got him down at about two Oh five, which is what, I thought he looked like based on uh, seeing him at field level in the spring, maybe 205, maybe 210, but either way, a, a really big frame and, uh, and, and still pretty fluid for, for a guy that big. I mean, he's got really nice physical tools to work with as he starts to fill out that frame. He's a little bit rangy kind of in the, in the, in the, in the build last year, a little, a uh, uh, little longer and, you know, you could see the frame, but the frame had not filled out. Looked a little better in that respect in the spring, but still has a ways to go there. Uh, and like I said, pretty good fluidity for a guy that size. Uh, not the not the not the fastest long speed guy in the world. I think he's maybe a mid four or five type guy, which is still pretty good. Uh, but a guy that I think can long term, and and I'm really interested to see what his weight is coming out of the out of the uh, 
the summer session. Long term, I think he's a guy that can be a plus level run fitter and you know run filler against the run fitting fitting downhill against the run as a uh, uh, a run run support player from the secondary and a guy who can uh who can be a solid sort of boundary safety option in the in the kind of defense that they're playing so somebody who can give you some over the top stuff not the best in that specific re- uh, regard uh nevertheless i mean as a high school senior he ran 41 71 in a 300 meter hurdles which is i mean that tells you the guy can run and that tells you he's got you know strength to keep his speed up uh but a guy who can also match up one-on-one against some bigger tight ends too at that at that size so a really nice and again flexible piece Uh, he played some money last year which is where you you have uh the the one of the defensive backs step into the will will linebacker spot in passing situations. He, he played that some last year with some success. So again, you're looking at a guy that has some, some flexibility that has, you know, I think a a pretty good potential to be able to step in and contribute even more as a sophomore, given how well he was able to handle things as a freshman. And I think he's more of a guy with a higher ceiling in the long term than a guy that is immediately ready right now. But I think he can help you even now. Yeah, and he found himself in the right place several times in important moments, specifically the Duke game, um, yep. where he sort of sealed that game with the interception. Moving on down the line, uh, this is a guy who, you know, he, he's flashed at times, he's done some good things, but then he left, but then he didn't leave. <laughs> and, um, you know, it, it's a good story. Um, for for UNC and for Don Chapman. But just what do you see from Chapman and his sort of evolution of a guy that's played a fair amount leading up to now um, and then might be counted on more this year, potentially? Yeah, he's a guy that's kind of interesting to me because I I went into, honestly, I went into to my evaluation process this offseason with a lower opinion of him than I emerged from that uh from that evaluation session with, I, I think he played better on the whole than you might think by a cursory watch. When you actually start to look at him and look at what he did in each game, you go, Oh wow. You know, he's actually, he's actually a pretty good player and has a chance to be even better. Uh, he, he's a guy that it's, it, it's interesting because he's a guy that is a tweener. He's, he's kind of a, he's kind of in between a corner and a safety, which that's a really valuable body type and, and, and uh, combination of traits in today's game. You, you, you need to have guys that can play inside with corner skills. Uh, and, and if you look at back in 2021, he, he played some productive snaps at outside corner when, you know, they got some guys, they had some injuries and all that, and he had to move to outside corner and he actually outperformed uh, Grimes and some of the guys that he was replacing his, his, his actual production at that spot was better than theirs was when he moved there. So was he, you know, an outstanding all ACC type corner? No, but he's a guy that actually could play it and play it pretty well. When you've got that at a safety position, that helps. And then the other thing is that late in the year, uh, really the last quarter of last year, I would say uh, he stepped into the, into the, into kind of a dime role played some money. Uh, he he kind of took over that role. What they ended up doing is Hardy moved back to safety uh, to true safety in, in a lot of those packages and Chapman moved up to the, to the money role so that he could play 
in coverage situations against tight ends and against uh, uh, against slot receivers in four wide sets and that sort of thing. And he played really well in, in a lot of those situations where he had some opportunities to uh, to get some passes broken up. I mean, he had uh, three passes broken up. Uh, he had only an 8.6% missed tackle rate. And in general, for me, if you're below, t- if you're in the single digits there, if you're below 10%, that's pretty good. He missed a couple that were frustrating. I mean, he missed three tackles on the year and two of them are memorable. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, that's not a good thing. But And that's the uh, thing about a safety, right? You miss a tackle, right. everybody sees it. Right. So, you know, I, I was looking back at it. It's like, oh, that's one of only three tackles he missed all year. I mean, I, I, my, my recollection is a little harsher on him than I thought. <laughs> but he moved pretty well in coverage. Uh, and... There were there were some promising signs that the light bulb in terms of him being able to do some things at safety and and in that kind of slot defender role uh, that he 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 can have a, a solid solid role there for Carolina this year and you can see why he came out of the spring as a projected starter. I mean, right now he's actually first on the depth chart at that field safety position and and looking at it, you can kind of see why. Uh, and again, he's a guy, you know, 1566 uh, in the 110 uh, as a as a as a high school sophomore and a you know six one high jump in high school. He's a good athlete, so uh, not the most fluid in the world, but a guy with with long arms, good long speed, and the ability to do a lot of different things to fit. He can play all five positions in the secondary, which makes him pretty valuable. And I think a guy that you want at least in your two deep, and a guy that can that can contribute but he's got to learn to finish. That's the other, that's the biggest thing for me is that, that there were a few, a few cases last year where he had opportunities to make big plays and he didn't. And that's, I think the, the big knock. That's why when I went into my evaluation, I was, I had him kind of here and then I realized, Oh, he played better than I thought. The reason that I had, I had him lower in my own overall estimation is he had opportunities to make some big plays and just didn't. And those stuck with me. And, you know, he had an opportunity for a potentially it would have potentially been a game winning interception against NC State, for example, uh, just dropped it. Uh, he had a couple opportunities where he was in position and coverage to make plays and gave up two touchdowns. And you're going, dude, just you're, you're right there. you got to finish. That's the difference for him. If he can learn to finish in the 2023 season. And to remember what year it was in the 2023 season, you've got actually a really good player, but it's just a matter of, is he actually going to take that step to be the guy that's not just in position, but the guy that finishes when he's in position. That's the, that's the question for him. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did-we-just-hit-a-million-orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got 
you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Absolutely. We're talking with Jason Staples, Inside Carolina's football expert uh Talking about the safeties. Everybody wants to talk about the defensive backs as a whole. We're going to break these down, the safeties today, the deep, uh, the corners a little bit later in the week. Um, but Jason, another guy, and of course, don't let me forget, Johnny T-Shirt, johnnytshirt.com. I mm. say it in my sleep. I say it in my sleep, and I've missed it mm, in all these podcasts since we last talked. Uh, let, let's move on to another new guy, Derek Allen, Georgia Tech. Of course, brother, big brother of Marcus Allen. Carolina cornerback what does Allen bring to this team he's certainly a vet he's played a lot of football a lot of experience what does he bring to this team that um, maybe a a younger guy does not going into 2020 so a couple things one is an interesting thing you you make that that comparison because I see him and I see a guy who's actually because of all of the injury so he's he's dealt with some injuries when he's younger and this is his third program and he's played in, I think this will be his fourth different defense that he's played in. If I remember right, like at a certain point, he's actually still a developmental player. He's actually almost a young player, even though he's a, an older player, he's still sort of learning. He's learning the, 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 the current defense and hasn't really had a chance to settle in the way that you would expect from a, uh, from more of a veteran. So in that sense, he, he's sort of, he sort of is a young player. But at the, on the other hand, he is a guy who's played in all those defenses and has seen a lot of different offenses and has had, you know, three years of reps coming in. So he's got experience and he's got experience at a high level. So it's a little bit of a mix there. Uh, but he, to me, he's a guy that has, has some traits that, that could really raise not just the floor, but the ceiling of the room. So he's a guy that if he gets his, uh, if he gets the defense fully figured out, if he understands his alignment and he he cleans up some angles and all of that, his combination of weight and speed, sort of height, weight, and speed is is probably the best among the the the, the safeties. Uh, I think he's got really good range for a guy that's 212, 215 pounds. Uh, I think he's a low four five type guy, and 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 his long speed is is excellent. Uh, and the other thing is. 
he at 212, 215 pounds, when he comes downhill, guys don't bounce off of him. <laughs> he he's he's sort of a tweener in the sense of he, he's thick. He's got a thick lower half, thick core, and a guy that uh, there are a couple times in the spring when when I was there at one of the open practices where. I watched and there was a guy who I didn't recognize who came downhill against the run and filled against the run a couple of times. And I was like, Whoa, who is that? So he flashed to me then. And then I realized a little bit later, I was like, Oh, Oh, that's why I didn't know who that was. That's Derek Allen. Okay. Oh, wow. All right. Well that that's promising. So, you know, he's one of those guys that he's, if he is in the ball game and steps down against the run, he may just flash at you by stepping down and not just making a tackle near the line of scrimmage from the, from the safety position, but doing so with some force. Uh, so he brings a, a sort of physical edge to things. He's a guy that, that, uh, that has the range to play over the top. I think he's a guy that you can play in the center field role from the boundary position, rotate him into a single safety situation. And he's fast enough to cover sideline to sideline and, and be a, uh, an eraser back there in that respect. It really is just a matter of how quickly he's able to pick some of those things up uh, to, to be able to earn that time. But I think he's a guy that, that I think he may, if, if all that shakes out the, the physical traits that he brings and the physicality that he can bring to that position. And, and he was a pretty stable, uh, consistent player for Georgia tech last year. If he can, if he can clean some of that stuff up and really learn the defense, I wouldn't be surprised to see him ultimately be in the starting role at the boundary boundary position by midseason next year. He's going to compete for it, and he'll certainly rotate in and be a guy that can uh, that that can potentially make that room a good bit better. Yep, like you say, got to stay healthy and got to pick it up. It, it, you know, I referenced the experience and being old. Well being an older guy you still have to pick up the new stuff when you arrive at a new a new school and he like lane will be doing the same thing uh, boy or excuse me of course allen's been here um since over the christmas break so he's a little bit ahead of lane there and another guy with good size last guy we have on the safety list jason is giovanni biggers i, I think when i think of biggers i think of a guy that gets a similar rap sometimes as don chapman for things you mentioned because when mistakes are made, uh, they're often – you see the last guy running after somebody. Just talk a little bit about what you saw from Biggers. You've got him um, ranked two different ways as well on your things on Inside Carolina's premium boards. Just sort of explain Biggers and, and how Biggers will help this unit. Yeah, in, in the way that I've got him ranked, actually there's not as much space between sort of his floor and his ceiling. I think he's a guy that's a pretty consistent player. I mean, he played 777 snaps last year. That's, that's a, a lot of snaps. I mean, he was on the field a lot. I do not expect to see him on the field for almost 800 snaps this year, uh, if for no other reason than that they want to have a little bit of rotation to to make sure the guys are not gassed back there. But uh, But he's a guy, again, that he's a smart player and has consistently made sure that the defense lines up in the right, in the right, uh, you know, they get the right checks in the secondary that they're, that they're aligned correctly and all of that. He's a guy that you can rely on to do all of that correctly. And that matters a lot at the safety position. Uh, you can, you can sacrifice a little bit of, uh, of speed or physicality for a guy that's going to be the quarterback of your secondary 
and make sure that everybody's in exactly the right spot. And he himself is in the right spot all the time. You know, that's, that's what you want uh, from at least one of your safeties. And I think that's, that's basically the thing that he presents. He's the guy that sets the floor of the defense in that respect. Uh, I think the, the, the question with him and he, I think he played injured. I don't, I don't know all the details there. It looked to me like he was playing hurt a good bit last year and just in terms of his overall physicality. And then, you know, he was in a, uh, in a, in a, uh, non-contact jersey this spring which suggests to me <laughs> that was probably right but uh but he, he's a guy that that two years ago played with you know a nice physical edge I thought this last year he looked like he was maybe protecting a shoulder or something like that at different points um and and struggled a little bit more as a tackler but overall he, he's a guy that he when he comes downhill he's going to be in the right in the right gap most of the time I mean almost all the time Uh, There were a few hiccups there in 2022 that he didn't have in 2021. Uh, He typically takes good angles. He understands his limitations. uh, And he basically, he handled his his job as a pattern matcher last year against intermediate routes and all of that pretty well. Had a couple passes broken up, uh, you know, took care of business, closing that down. Actually, you look at his uh, coverage numbers from, year to year and overall he he finished on some plays last year that he just didn't the prior year which is 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 good progress uh the the limitation for him is i think he's just not as fast as some of these other guys uh i I, my my impression is that he's probably a low four six guy uh and he's you know maybe 195 pounds so he's not he's not really that big and he's not really that fast either uh, he he basically does what he does by being a really smart and uh, and reliable player at that position. And there were a couple times last year, and this is what you're referring to. There were a couple times last year where he was the last guy in the frame on some deep throws, where you're hoping the safety can be that extra support, and he didn't get it done. And that's something that you know they're hoping he can he can take a few few more steps on that. But either way, I think he's a guy that's, you know, he's going to be in the rotation if he's not a starter and he, he's going in into the fall as a starter at the boundary spot. Even if that spot gets taken, he's going to rotate and get basically close to starter reps and, you know, be a reliable option for him back there. It's just a matter of can he be a guy that can start to make that extra play for you? Can he get a hand on a ball that causes a turnover? Can he, you know, get to the corner route from the safety, from a too deep safety position fast enough to make sure that even a good throw is not fit in there? Or is he just going to be that half step late so that the great throw scores? Is he going to be that guy that can create just a little bit more havoc to hang on to that position and, and raise the overall ceiling of that position? Or is he going to be still sort of the floor setter that's going to be reliable and, you know, be a little bit better than a replacement level type player from that, from that spot, which is what he was last year. Yeah, interesting take there. One guy we have not talked about, DJ Jones, of course. He moved across the ball um, from running back to safety. Jason, you did not do a scouting report on him because, quite frankly, there's very little to scout. Just sort of in a nutshell, talk about (laughs) DJ Jones as briefly as possible, but explain to listeners, A, why you weren't able to do a full scout and also um, what his potential could be. Yeah, I mean, he, it, I, I just didn't have enough snaps to be able to assess what he what he could be at safety. Um, but at the same point, I did see an, a, you know a handful of snaps a couple different times to go. Okay, well, I mean, he does look like he moves the right way for the position, and you know, body type, and 
you know, overall fluidity and athleticism. He's one of the best athletes at that position. I mean, running backs are always great athletes. So, you know, the question is how quickly does he really adjust to that? Uh, I, I just don't have enough data to be able to know. But what I did see is the fluidity and the, uh, and the athletic capacity to be a good player there. It's just a matter of how quickly does that happen and does that happen at, at North Carolina this season? I mean, it's, it's just too, it's too early to know, but he's a guy that, you know, making that move unselfishly and all of that you root for. And again, with the, uh, with the physical traits, he's, he becomes the wild card because he is one of the, one of the best size speed combos he got back there and moves really fluidly. So, so that's all, that's really all I can say because I, I haven't seen enough otherwise uh, to, to address that. Yeah. Another guy, and we're going to save him for the cornerbacks. Um, because he's really a slot corner slash safety, um, DeAndre Boykins. Let's save him for next time. Yeah, we'll um, because I do next. want to. I, I do want to discuss him a little bit in depth because I thought you nailed it a lot last year when you were talking about Boykins. But we'll talk about Boykins on uh, the the cornerback episode that'll be coming to you later in the week, Jason. Just in a, in a brief nutshell, the safety room at North Carolina on the whole. Yeah, this is an interesting room. Um, I do think it's the the overall floor and ceiling have been raised compared to last year. I mean, you think about last year, you had uh, Biggers, Chapman, and Kelly coming into the season as essentially your your main options. And if nothing else, this year you've got double that number of bodies that you feel can go on the field and and be reliable and be, you know, good players. As soon as you double the number of players, I mean, the sample size alone is going to make sure that you're going to get, you're not going to get a low level of play. You're going to make sure that at least you're getting guys playing their best or their job's just going to get taken. So I think that's the number one thing is with a couple of the transfers, they've raised the floor, the ceiling. And I think also with Derek Allen's addition, they've raised the the ceiling uh, of the room. Uh, did I say that they've raised the floor of the ceiling? Uh, they've raised the ceiling Roof, of the room as well with um, with uh, with Derek Allen as well. So I think going into the into the fall, you have uh, Biggers and Chapman as your pro, as your projected starters. But I wouldn't be surprised, like I said, to see by you know first couple games of the season to see uh, Allen take over one of those spots as a starter, even if they're still going to rotate at the, uh, you know, at the safety, a little, at the safety position a little more than they did last year. And I think they want to have Chapman in some of those, you know, third down long yardage roles where he's not at the safety position. They want to have him come down and cover as kind of that fourth corner, uh, which then would get that other body on the field. So I think Will Hardy's going to have something to say. I, I think he really is more of a rotational backup this year. Uh, and then I think, uh, like I said, Chapman, they're going to want to rotate up in in some of those uh, longer yardage situations. But uh, I think the main three guys going in are Chapman, Allen, and Biggers. And then, of course, Lane is the wild card. And and I think Lane, I'm, I'm just very curious to see where he fits. I, again, I think he's a guy that's going to compete with, uh, with uh, Boykins as much as anything in terms of how he fits in, in the overall structure of the defense. But we'll see. I mean, he, he could contend for one of those other spots as well. That is Jason Staples. I'm Tommy Ashley. You've been listening to Special Inside Carolina Podcast Analysis, the safety room. Jason Staples scouting reports on Tar Pit Premium message boards. If you're not a member of the Inside Carolina Premium 
side, you need to get on board. The offseason is no such a thing. Jason Staples will be dropping scouting reports roughly once a day for the foreseeable future. And it, we're going from back to front. Safeties, corners, linebackers, defensive line, all the way through uh, to that quarterback they call Drake May. Thank you, Jason, for your time. Thank you to Johnny T-Shirt for sponsors. And thank everybody for listening. Drop a comment, a like, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. Join the discussion on the message boards. We'll be back next time talking about those cornerbacks. What's up, y'all? This is four-time NBA champ Andre Iguodala. Yo, and this is his best friend, the Ohio State legend, Evan Marcel Turner the first. Every Wednesday, we drop a new episode on our show, Point Four. We're talking basketball, business, and all the culture in between. From locker room stories to some basketball analysis from those who've been in the game. Now, it is a do-bet. Do average 29 and 11. God, what it take to be an all-star? A win. Subscribe to Point Forward, the podcast, so you don't miss a thing.